When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Urban's Take with Tim May. Urban, we've been doing this all season. We've been, and it's like we've been sitting, uh, I don't know, canal side of the Suez Canal with these two tankers headed at each other. Are they really going to collide? Are they really going to be fully loaded when they hit each other? I'm talking about Michigan at Ohio State uh, this weekend in the horseshoe with everything on the line that you can put on the line for a Big Ten football team in this era, and man, it's finally upon us. Do you already, do you already start? Are you already starting to feel that tingle of days gone by? Yeah, for me, it actually started earlier in the year. You know, this, this I've said this many times. This is not a big week. This is not a big game. This is a way of life, and so much on the line. I mean, you can't. You know, back in in 2006, I believe it was one versus two, and then. You know, we had a couple 2016 and 2018, you know, a a spot in the playoffs, Big Ten championship. And this is everything. And and these two coaches, you know, Ryan Day, who I'm very close with, and Jim Harbaugh, a guy I respect for, that you talk about pressure on both of them now. I mean, Ryan's got to win this game, and Jim Harbaugh's got to win this game. There's no no and ifs or buts about it. That's the way it is. Is that the way life should be? Oh, it's not very healthy, um, no. but that's the way this robbery should be. And that's, you know, I used to tell people and, you know, my gosh, the intensity of this preparation and, you know, no one's, no one's forcing anyone to be here, you know, and, yeah. and, but it is what it is. And, and for someone who makes it less than that, they, they, they really have no business talking about the robbery. Yeah. And we're going to get to that in a second. I mean, big noon kickoffs going to be at Ohio stadium again, right outside, I think before the game starts and then inside, once the game gets going on Fox and, uh, you know, you guys have kind of made a habit of being around Ohio State or Michigan for the most part this year, even though you have dabbled in the TCU, <laughs> the TCU furor that's going down going on down in the Big 12. But how excited are you just to be at Ohio Stadium, to, you know, to get to witness this uh, firsthand again, if you follow my drift, because you roam those sidelines, you know, 7-0 and against the team up north, as you called it. Uh, but how exciting is it to actually be there? Well, big new kickoff, it's become our home. And, and, you know, when I stepped away after the uh, Rose Bowl game, uh, they said, let's make this the big noon. And I was thinking, you know, noon games aren't always the best, but the one thing about big new kickoff is the numbers have shown that that's the number one slot to watch college football, including primetime, including the 330 SEC game. Yeah. So the visionaries at Fox, Eric Shanks and Bragg Zager, you know, I, be honest with you, when I first heard about it, I said, I'm not sure this is going to be that good. It's that good. And to be, we're, we're very uh, Big Ten centric as far as uh, our focus, but you have the Pac 12, you have the uh, Big 12, but that's kind of our baby. And, and because of that, we get so knee deep with these teams. You know, we, I called us the Wolverine Network there for a minute because yeah. before we grow, we were watching them and you know, that, that's a really good team, but we know that team. And then same with Ohio State, we've been there. So this, this, this our, our staff and, and, you know, Jenny, uh, 
got, well, Jenny's not going to be there, but Gus and Joel, you know, they know this team. This is going to be a big time opportunity for a big new kickoff and the showcase. This will be the most, it always is, the most watched uh, sporting event on television other than, you know, high end NFL game. Good point. Good point. Speaking of that, the reason people are paying attention, as you, as you pointed out a while ago, two great teams going at it. On a week like this, if you're Ryan Day, number one, and Jim Harbaugh and their staffs, but I'm just using them as the euphemism for for both the, for, for those things. <clears throat> the more you watch video of an opponent like this, do you do you do you see weaknesses or do you see things? Oh my goodness, I hope we can handle that. You know what I mean? What what I, I, it's probably a mix of both, but I would think what, which one lays on your mind more as the week develops. Yeah, it's Sundays, it's pretty standard, with, or at least it was with me and, and my colleagues when I talked to them. Sunday, you're thinking, how can we move the ball against this team? How can we stop them? You know, that's your initial reaction, especially good teams like both teams. You know, uh, Buckeyes. And I'm sure the Sunday reaction is, how do you cover these wideouts if you're the Wolverines? How do you control this run game for the Buckeyes? And, and as the week wears on a little bit, you know, obviously you're just, you're so saturated and your mind is so, start to develop the, obviously the game plan on Monday that's a Mondays from 6 a.m. until 11 o'clock at night straight through yeah. I used to joke around you got a bunch of 50 year old men staring at videotape for whatever 15 hours and then you know it starts to materialize a little bit and then obviously it, it's so dependent upon practice at least my mind was because the players are the ones doing the work if if you as a coach you know, it's not about contact anymore. You know, the, I would take the pads off this week because, you know, if you have a motivated team to hit the other opponent, then that, you're, you're going to get crushed. It's not about that. It's about execution and work on this game plan. Do you, do you sleep at all? I mean, you used to tell me you you usually got a good night's sleep uh, for because you probably exhausted yourself during the day. I'm not talking necessarily about this week, but I'm talking about during the course of most of the year. Uh, now, good night's sleep for a head coach might be four hours, you know, <laughs> of solid not waking up. But uh, the, if you're Ryan Day, if you're Jim Harbaugh, uh, if we had cameras behind the scenes, would we see them? I don't know. You know, you remember everybody remembers the movie Remember the Titans when uh, Denzel Washington understands he's got a winner else and he's throwing up, you know, before a game and stuff. Does it tighten you up that much from the preparation standpoint? Because you don't want to leave – anything uh anything missed right as the week goes on but you know you're going to miss something right well it's, it's all dependent upon the week of prep and your staff you know and i was one of those people if i felt I had a pretty good feel if i felt like our coaching staff was on it you know i you know i i didn't sleep great but i usually took a little something to help me sleep at night but if if i feel like we're not on it i'm not sleeping at all yeah. You know, you're, you're just going to close your eyes. And, and I used to have this little sitting area uh, by my bed that I'd get up in the middle of the night with a little light over there. And I would just, if, if I didn't feel, it's all about your staff. You know, my goodness, if, if yeah. you got a great coaching staff, you know, you, you know, everybody's got to do their job. You know, these players deserve to be prepared. Your players are going to give you effort. That's not the problem. Are you going to prepare them for those moments in this game? Moments that will last for the rest of your life. Yeah. That's, once again, I don't mean to tempt, and I get sometimes upset when a few don't. Oh, you're being over dramatic. No, you're not. You're not being over dramatic. And you no, know, once again, you have no business being involved in this rivalry. If you know, it is re reality is this thing follows you for the rest.
rest of your life, and it does. Yeah. Did you win or lose the game? Is is a is always going to come down. Did you? It, because that puts you in line to win everything else you're going for. But you you rarely ever get to that unless you take care of business in this game, as as it's been proven. Uh, the other thing I want to ask you about preparation is there. Do you have to be disciplined in the sense of, and I'm just, you know, I'm throwing this out there because I was just thinking as you were talking there, don't overload guys. I mean, in other words, the players, not not keep it simple, stupid, but keep it, you know, don't go crazy with with the things, throwing so much stuff at these guys. They, you know what I mean? It gets boggled up in their brains. They're trying to uh, uh, assimilate it. Yeah, it, Lou Holtz used to always, whenever I would call for advice, I'd call Lou Holtz a lot, and he would always say, there's no cookie cutter way of doing this. It's not all the same as what kind of team do you have? Yeah. You know, when you're, when you have a team, that's a very mature team and, you know, you have great leadership, but the one thing you don't want to do is have this team be tight. You know, if they, if they're grown men that know how to prepare, do the job, get them out of there at a decent hour at night. Same thing with your coaching staff. The worst thing that can ever happen. And I'm certainly guilty of it at times, like we all are, you overwork people. And that that's, that's as bad as being underprepared. Yeah. And so there's a fine balance and it depends on what kind of team you have. When I have JT Barrett, who is a grown man that knows the rivalry, that knows this, that spends hours upon hours upon hours on his own, then you got to be out of your mind to sit and wear a guy like that out. You know, if, if you, I can't speak to CJ Stroud, but I would imagine he's a grown man that's, you know, obviously had a, a tough time in this game a year ago. He's going to be ready. So it's a fine line of preparation. I'm going to say it again. It goes back to your coaching staff. If you have a excellent coaching staff, which I was fortunate, I had excellent coaches. If you have an excellent coaching staff, you know, your job as a head coach is not to, not this week, you know, during training camp. And that's a whole different animal during this week. It's make sure they're fresh, make sure they're prepared, make sure they're on point. And that's, you know, I can, I just have the visual, almost the uh, flashback, just walking around that practice field as practice is going on. And you can tell, you can tell if we're on point and if we're on point, then, you know, good things usually happen. Yeah, dude, we're talking about being on point in preparation, A, B, C, D, E. 2014, JT Barrett gets a broken ankle in that game. And a guy named Cardell Jones goes in at quarterback third string as the, as the season started 2017 up there, JT Barrett gets a knee injury uh or let's gets it tweaked on the sideline by some photographer y'all still haven't tracked down you know while he's warming up and suddenly uh Dwayne Haskins Jr rest in peace goes into that game and saves it all this preparation you did with that number one quarterback goes out well doesn't go out the window because obviously those two guys were paying attention you know who knew Cardell Jones was paying attention right but great things came especially from that 2014 game. But I would think on the sideline, when you see JT Barrett go down, you're going, oh, my gosh, that's our quarterback. This is the guy that's gotten us here. And now all of a sudden, did Cardell study? Did he Is is he ready for this moment, uh, right? That's the curveball you deal with. Yeah, and, that, and we call it competitive excellence. That's right from the great uh, – this is great conversation. I, mean, I don't want to bore anybody, but this is called competitive excellence. And John Wooden, the greatest basketball coach of all time, would call it competitive greatness. And basically, that's for the view, for the person listening. When your number's called, you make the play. Yeah. It's not because of a lucky T-shirt or, you know, the, the way you wear your socks, you know, that those are, you know, that, that has no bearing on it. It's how you prep. 
and the backup quarterback, the backup linebacker, the backup lineman, we started it at back, you know, years ago, but Kenny Guyton was the guy that took it to the nth degree. Yeah. He became the prototype. He would stand behind Braxton Miller because Braxton needed all the reps he could, and he would visualize and, and every play in practice, he'd stand 10 yards behind a quarterback. We'd clear out a space for him. So he was getting that rep. And you're, you're exactly right. Yeah, you talk about the preparation of practice. But that backup right guard better be getting those mental reps every time. If not, he's going to jog into a game. Now, I remember Chase Ferris against Alabama, a backup right guard. Didn't play much for us. But he was a really good worker. Yeah. Sure enough, Pat Elfline goes down, and Chase Ferris jogs on the field, and we – we score a touchdown. We lose that game if we don't do that. And those are the unsung, those are the unsung heroes of games like this, that something will happen in this game. There's going to be some unknown that's going to go in a block of punt. A guy named Chris Olave did it in 2018. Yeah. Turned out to be, you know, he scored two touchdowns and he blocked a punt. Before that, no one knew who Chris Olave was. But yeah. that tells you about, first of all, his position coach, Brian Hartline, getting him ready, but also the, the person – that, that person, that didn't just happen. That happened because of preparation. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to yeah. who's gonna, fired up, brother? Who's going to who's gonna be that guy this weekend, man? That's uh, that's what's funny because you don't get that answer, you know, about, the, for example, uh, Ohio State won up at Michigan in 2000. I think it was nine. And one of the guys who was signaling <laughs> in the plays signaled in the wrong play. And, uh, and it worked, you know, and, uh, Anyway, it was a mix-up on the signal end of the plays, and and I, I wrote a story about that young man just because you know, like like when Art Schleister ran the wrong direction with Vaughn Broadnax in front of him, you know, but that was the winning touchdown way back in what was nineteen eighty or nineteen eighty one. You never know, right? What what's going to turn it? Hey, why didn't we think of that? Coaches say, hey, uh, real quick before we move on, uh, we all know what Jim Harbaugh said. Uh, many many things were said by. Harbaugh and his staff after that game last year when they finally beat Ohio State uh, for the first time since 2011, since before you got there, uh, that uh, some guys are are, uh, are born on third base and think they hit a triple about your successor there, uh, Ryan Day. How does that fuel a coach? I mean, you can act like like Ryan. I even asked him about it yesterday. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, others asked about some of the comments that were made by like Josh Gaddis about the team being soft about the team uh, not being physical, not uh, toughness was lacking. Uh, of course, Josh Gaddis isn't there anymore. But uh, how does that stuff in the final analysis fuel a team? I mean, you don't want to admit it right now, but afterwards it does play a part, doesn't it? It eats away at your soul. If you're a competitive person, which these people are, that absolutely eats away at your soul. And, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of, you know, we people – we, we've done our little things. We don't say the M word. We, you know, uh, we work on that all the time, but I would get very upset with, you know, try not to, you know, I don't want to uh, attack any coach here. But yeah. Try to stay away from that, you know, because the last thing you need to do, and it's once again, for people to say that doesn't stoke the fire and make you work harder. They've never been in that situation. So absolutely that eats away at, uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes soul right now. You start saying soft, Ohio State. You start saying, you know, about a coach. You know, I just I've always tried to stay away from it. I haven't always stayed away from it, but I get it. And uh, to answer your question, it eats away at your soul. 
as we record this, Blake Corum seems to be at least question mark going into this game. I, you know, obviously the way he left that game last week, that come from behind win over Illinois, last second, last minute field goal. Uh, Ohio State's situation at running back. You, you had that young, the freshman, Dallin Hayden, go in there and relieve uh, <laughs> Trevion Henderson. Mayan Williams didn't even make the trip to Maryland. They were able to, uh, Dallin Hayden stepped up big time. I guess what I'm asking here is uh, why – why will the team up north, as you call them, Michigan, why will Michigan win this game? Uh, and then give me a reason a reason or two why Ohio State will win this game. The history of the game uh, is on really all big games, but obviously I've studied this game as much as anyone. That the yeah. line of scrimmage, the, the, winning, the winning team will control the line of scrimmage. The Wolverines, that's their strength. You know, right now, offensive and defense lines for 12 games, they control the line of scrimmage. They've done an excellent job with it. Their center is a really good player on defense line. They were kind of no names, and now they've become a really good defense line. I do believe the Blake Corum factor will be huge in this game. That's how much respect. I've watched him up close. Yeah. He's not a good player. He's a great player. Yeah. He's the heart and soul of that team, you know, and I we met the player. And, and uh, that'll be a, a detrimental. But whoever wins the line of scrimmage, I think the weather, from what I understand, is going to be in Ohio State's favor. The skill level on offense, I don't think it's close. I think Ohio State has the best skill on the country. If we can utilize that skill, if Ohio State can utilize that skill, I think Ohio State wins. If we can't, if Ohio State cannot, for weather or because the Wolverine defense negates that skill, the Wolverines will win. So two things. Number one is line of scrimmage. Last year, uh, the Wolverines controlled both sides of the line of scrimmage. Historically, the last 10 years, Ohio State has uh, whoever wins the line of scrimmage, and then will Ohio State be able to utilize the offensive skill that is unmatched right now in college football? All right, let's jump ahead because people are, there's other people watching this from around the country, and they want to know, wait, that's not the only game of the of the week. Well, it's, ladies and gentlemen, it is by far yeah. the biggest game of the week, right? Unless you're a USC fan. USC well, – Hosting Notre, uh, hosting Notre Dame, Notre Dame revitalized after that kind of shaky start, losing back-to-back -to, -back to Ohio State and then Marshall. <laughs> uh, Marshall wearing those uh, should have been wearing those green uh, jerseys, but that would look funny in their in their road unis. But I, I digress. Notre Dame definitely has gotten his act together under Marcus Freeman. Still not as a flashy offense, uh, but uh, you know this this game means so much more for USC than it did uh, eight or ten weeks ago. It's amazing how USC has gotten it going out there, but at least on offense, defensively, oh, my goodness, uh, UCLA almost scored again. <laughs> uh, how do you see that one playing out, Urban? And obviously, USC is right there knocking on the door for a college football playoff invite if somebody slips. Yeah, yeah they got uh, this tough game and then obviously the Pac-12 championship game, but I was not a USC believer early in the year. I am now. I think uh, Caleb is potentially the Heisman Trophy winner. It's him yeah. or C.J., uh, defense, you know, Alex Grinch was on our staff, excellent coach. They're really struggling on defense. And, you know, they made a couple stops. But usually what happens when you start to get to this time of year, the inequated or the imbalanced teams disappear. That means a great offensive team, bad defense, or vice versa. Yeah. And the teams that survive and move forward are the good offense, good defensive teams. And, and USC, you know, they have issues at linebacker. I have some inside knowledge just because of Matt Leinert and Reggie Bush. They know their program so well. There's a you know, some, some issues on defensive personnel wise. So I think what Marcus Freeman, I think he's a, 
you know, coach of the year candidate to rally them back the way he did because they were they were dead and gone. Yeah. And and Notre Dame is one of those places that they bury him. And he's he brought him back. Really good coach, first time head coach. So I see this as a street fight. I just don't know if Notre Dame has the offensive power. I think USC is going to score and score a lot. I, I think they're that good on offense. Really good players, really good scheme. Uh, but I just don't know if, if Notre Dame has a firepower to stay in this game uh, offensively. So I, I, I pick USC uh, just because of their offense. Hey, right now, uh, the latest uh, college football playoff rankings for this week didn't change in the top four. <laughs> but my man. What in the hell happened to Tennessee? I mean, we were sitting here heaping praise on them, and rightfully so. Uh, and, you know, in, I'm not going to bring up bad memories for you, but you had a game or two like that at Ohio State where all of a sudden one day, one night, whatever, like at Purdue and Iowa uh, back in the day, it just didn't work. You know what I mean? It didn't click, and the other team got hot with something you didn't see coming, not didn't see coming. I mean – you know, Iowa threw about a hundred passes to his tight ends that one night, you know, and Purdue, the big windstorm came through the day, you know, the like an hour before the game, et cetera. But what can happen to a team where all of a sudden it just gets flipped over sunny side up? Oh, there's so many things. I and mean, there's also the time where Nick Bosa, you know, against Purdue, our team was just so fragile. Uh, yeah. That's really struggling. Nick Bosa, we were maybe come back and, and he decided he wasn't, you know, and that, of that injury so there are so many things play the game or you know the mind game for teams so um i had i i had tennessee pick to be a college football playoff team you know but the one thing is those sec teams and really any team yeah you know south carolina is a good team and they were really good that night so uh you know that, that's on the coaching staff that's on the head coach and the group of assistants for some reason you know but that happens and it almost happened at Maryland. It almost happened at, uh, uh, against the Illinois. The big house. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it, it's part of the game. And uh, all kudos to South Carolina. Tennessee's out of the playoff line. And uh, that, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. And it was, it was a shame to see Hendon Hooker, that quarterback, go down in that game. That wasn't, They weren't going to come back probably and win it, but uh, the way it, when it happened. But, wow, did that guy lay it on the line this year, right? And was fun to watch. Yeah, great player, Heisman candidate. Uh, we studied him quite a bit. Actually, did some things on big news kickoff on him. Yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, devastating. Hey, uh, real quickly. Uh, so in the college football playoff rankings right now, who's that? Who's that sneaky team that in two weeks could be sitting there with an invitation when the dust settles? And I'm gonna lay one out there for you. This is what I like about the college football playoff committee that being a committee and they're not looking just at records. And it may upset some people. I don't care. But LSU is playing pretty damn well right now with two losses. They're getting as much consideration pretty much as a couple of those one-loss teams. Uh, I think that's legitimate. I mean, from the standpoint of the way they've played, obviously the Arkansas game is, you know, but they won the game, right? I mean, just like Ohio State won at Maryland last week, just like uh, 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 Michigan was able to win on the last second against, uh, against uh, Illinois. But I'm just throwing that out there. I, I think that's one of the good things about having a committee pick this thing. They can look and see a team that's hot at the right time, can't they? Yeah, that's what happened in 2014. That yeah. Two teams that, you know, we won 59 nothing in the Big Ten Championship game. Went from sixth to fourth and ended up winning it all. So they got a tough challenge because 
I think there's two teams that have separated themselves as far as talent, and that's Georgia and Ohio State. Everyone else, you know, someone we, – we, we've seen TCU. I was not a – I thought TCU is a good team. But start talking about playoffs. No, they're not good enough to be a playoff team. I, my opinions changed over the last few weeks. And that, what they did to Texas at Texas yeah. and then at Baylor, you know, that yeah. we were there. So they are certainly right there. Uh, and they're going to play Iowa State this week. So you have USC and TCU that probably have – they control their own destiny if they move along. And then how about the loser of this game coming up? Yeah. You know, the, the, the robbery game, the Wolverines or Buckeyes lose – you know, is, is are they better than a TCU or better than a one-loss USC? Those are tough conversations. I agree with – I just don't know if there's enough juice. Unless there's major losses, I don't know if I see LSU popping in or – because I don't believe they can beat Georgia. Yeah. If they beat Georgia, they, they should go. Oh, yeah. If they don't beat Georgia, obviously that's a three-loss team and they're out. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I it's... just don't see that happening. I, I see – same thing with Alabama. Think about Alabama. Alabama's had two losses, one at LSU – one at Tennessee in the last seconds of the game. I'm saying any team in America, including Georgia, including Ohio State, including the Wolverines, they're not undefeated if they play that schedule. Yeah. They're yeah. not. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's too tough of a – those are within two two or three weeks. Tell me Alabama's not one of the top. Uh, I know a lot of people get mad at me saying that because there's a lot of Alabama haters out there. I'm just – facts are facts. Yeah. And they are – you know, they should be considered as well. Now, I think TCU and USC control their destiny. And the only thing that I could potentially see happening is this is a really hard-fought game on Saturday. The losing team somehow bumps one of those teams out. Yeah. And the thing about it is if LSU knocks off Georgia in the SEC championship game, and, and Georgia takes care of business this week against Georgia Tech. But And, of course, LSU's got Texas A&M this week. But, but boy, I think the, I think the nightmare scenario by, for the committee is LSU knocking off Georgia and Michigan squeaking by Ohio State and you're sitting there with Georgia and Ohio State with one loss, you know what I mean? And you've got these others, but their one loss is – their one loss came in conference championship games against top five ranked teams. That's that's a lot of coffee to be going up to the committee uh, through the night as they figure that one out, isn't it? Yeah, and that's the only question I have is I used to hear this, and, that, well, they're going to watch video. And, I, you know, I, I look who's on the committee, and you have commissioners, you have yeah. – and I would say, what video are they watching? Yeah, you know, that'd be like me looking at uh, you know spreadsheets of IBM or something. You know, I just what do you what do you look really what are you really looking at? Yeah, and what I would look at is the best. You know, I will start with the line of scrimmage. You know, the, the best line of scrimmage team that deserve to go move forward. And and you know, it, like you said, I this is going to be really intriguing. What happens if if the world stays the way the world should be? It's not going to be that hard, I don't believe. Yeah. If there is, there is chaos, Georgia losing, Ohio State losing, that's chaos. Yeah, that's exactly it. Last thing, checkmate moment, ladies and gentlemen. I like this part uh, because I'm sitting there. You're, you you guys were at the Baylor game. Uh, big noon kickoff was. You got to witness this firsthand. Uh, TCU drives down. Clock's ticking. They have no timeout left, I think. That's correct. They run their offense off and run their special teams field goal kicking unit on. It looks so smooth the way that went down. And uh, you had to be impressed by that, being a uh, former national championship winning coach uh, three times. You had to be impressed by that preparation 
part of it, right? Because it's almost forgotten uh, in some in some uh, realms about just getting that done in a correct way. But how impressed were you by the way they pulled that off? Well, checkmate moments is something obviously every coach works on. And we would have a list and I would always put a red mark by game ready. That means after so many reps, when you feel uh, that's ready. So every Thursday, most teams practice that. Here's the amazing stat. And I would always next to the checkmate moments, I would say, how many times in our career has that happened? We would, we called it Mayday field goal. Mayday was there's no timeouts left. It's fourth down. You can't down the ball and you got to run on the field and kick the field goal. Everybody practices it. It looks chaotic. It's really not. However, you know how many times that's happened in my 38-year coaching career? Zero. Wow. Zero. So you practice something, you know, hundreds of times. But those that's one of those moments that obviously TCU and Sonny Dykes and that team was so well prepared. I mean, that was I was we were all right there. They jogged on. The guy split the middle. You know, someone made a comment about the kicker not being ready. He just got no, the kicker was ready. Yeah. He's practiced that thing hundreds of times so uh once again well done that was a checkmate moment i was a little leery when they ran the ball two times right in a row yeah they ran the ball two times in a row and it was it became panicky i'm not sure it had to be but once again they they did it they won the game uh baylor we're there baylor is the students are ready to rush the field it was over yeah we were thinking how do we get out of this mess in case they rush the field here and then boom the kid hits the field yeah that's what makes college football great, man. Every weekend, there's been something cool has happened. Sometimes 20 things cool has happened. Something cool is going to happen this weekend. Uh, isn't that right, Urban? Well, it's, I don't know if you call it cool, but uh, there's going to be one team celebrating, one team that's going to lick their wounds for 365 days, as Earl Bruce just said. He said, yep, we eat this for 365 days. And, uh, I mean, it, this, is, this is really what it's all about, though. And once again, the respect I have for this rivalry and both sides of these teams that, uh, you know, and I made a comment about this coaching staff, both teams got to win. Yeah. Wow. That's pressure, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Urban Meyer, until next week, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll look through the dust and the, and the smoke as it settles out next week, headed into a conference championship games with a, with another Urban's take. Uh, Urban, thanks for joining me again, my man. All right, Tim, go Bucks. And until next week, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you then. 